Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You are listening to Achten Millwall. Listening to Acton Millwall Emergency Broadcasting Special, a public service broadcast made on behalf of the Real Millwall Fan Show and Acton Millwall, broadcasting from South Bermondsey. Big welcome to another edition of Acton Millwall. After our recent uh, series of, of fantastic interviews, it's back to one of our nostalgic seasons here, and I want to welcome a, a new voice to the show, Graham Payne. Welcome on the show, Graham. Thanks a lot, Nick. Thanks for having me. I actually had to, I had to, I was doing a confessional to Graham before we start this conversation, start recording today, listeners. I, I actually had him lined up last week and it would have been on the back end of speaking to Mike Calvin in the morning, then Steve Claridge in the afternoon. I felt mentally exhausted after that. So I had to head you off, uh, Graham. So I want to formally apologise to you because I don't like to do that, but I couldn't have no done problem. this. I, couldn't have done this last Monday night, mate. After those, those two blockbusters. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was it was an interesting couple of interviews, that's for sure. Uh, especially the Claridge one. So check that one out, listeners. If you haven't listened to it yet, a lot of people are listening to it. So um, big thank you for that. But now you've chosen an interesting season. Well, actually, you've chosen two seasons. I've prepared on one, but we will refer to the other one at the end of this first uh, season, uh, Graham. And that season is nineteen eighty two to 83 um 40 years ago nearly it's yeah. incredible how the time flies with well, 38 years actually isn't it so it, it's funny I was, I, there's, there's not an awful lot of video on on youtube for this season i don't know if you've looked around but there's not yeah, an awful lot of that there's nothing much at all really no uh two two items which are fascinating i'd say fascinating little slices of history this was a tough time to be a Millwall fan Graham, wasn't it at this point 1982 it's- yeah, we had obviously Peter Anderson in charge, but in the summer we bought in um, Trevor Aylott, and at the time, well, at Barnsley, and that for Millwall that was like a big signing. I felt. I mean, it was big money, and one of the things that struck me—I don't know if you've picked up on this—is the low crowds. Um, yeah. Yeah. The a- average gate in eighty-one, eighty-two, um, four thousand six hundred and twenty-five. And then the low, you know, lower than that for this season, which, um, you know, is, is quite amazing. This is the average gate, listeners. It's 4,010. That's the average gate. It's incredible. 
you know, and then to, to be able to lash out 150 yeah. on Trevor Aylott, it, it's, it's remarkable looking back at it. But as you you, you mentioned a, a name there, Peter Anderson, which for younger listeners, um, I've always had it in my mind. I don't know about you, Graham, but I've always had um, Peter Anderson in, in my head as the worst Millwall manager of all time. Like, um, yeah. But actually, his, his figures weren't as bad as I have remembered them. And I, I don't know if this is... Um, Spite, where, where, where do you stand on the Peter Anderson issue? I mean, do you regard him as our worst ever manager? I don't. I think uh, Steve Lomas was our worst ever manager. Um, right, okay, okay. For me personally, but obviously because of the history maybe. But he he came in in the season before, I think. He did. We were just, we were never really ever consistent. We were just like mid-table, weren't we? I don't think we were, you know, the previous season, we'd never been in any, relegation trouble or going for promotion so because he replaced I, replaced petchy replaced yeah. um, George petchy who um again i mean this is a long time ago and i don't know how you found looking at these seasons but it's, it's quite weird to look back at it in a little bit of detail because um in my mind these were ultra depressing times to be a Millwall fan um very little light on the on the horizon at all um and Anderson to me was was um, was a low point, you know. Um, yeah. But he actually won. Um, I've written these figures down somewhere. He actually won, uh, and he's, it was just short of two years. He was in charge of me, or taking over from Petchy, as you say, the previous season. Um, average figures, and maybe this is the word that um, sums him up: is average. He won thirty-three, drew thirty-one, and lost thirty-four. Um, so it's like a very rough thirty-three percent split each way, and. Um, it's not as bad as I thought it was. I thought it was, I thought it was a shocker at the time. I think his his tenure's got worse from the years. You know, as you say, he's go down as the worst. But when you actually look at his figures, they weren't as bad as, as no. I think they were. You know, we we were. I think we uh, survived um, a kind of flirtation without ever really being in a relegation scare when Petty went I think that we got we got rid of Petty more out of sheer depression I think right more than anything else and then um (laughs) one thing I I do remember about Peter Anderson um it's it played for Royal Antwerp he played for Luton who had a continental kit didn't they this kind of orange and white stripe affair yeah and he he played for Royal Antwerp and I don't know why because I saw nothing to back it up on the pitch but I always had this he had a slight kind of, um, I thought we had kind of acquired like a man in touch with the Dutch masters, you know, one of the, um, uh, he played he played abroad and yeah. I don't know, that we're going to elevate ourselves somehow with him. Oh, this, 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 is what, <laughs> this is what 1982 looked like for younger listeners. You, the fact he played for Royal Antwerp made, yeah. made him into some exotic, um, you know, kind of football uh, artist of some sort. Um, but anyway, um, he'd come into us the previous season and well, he'd come in the season before, actually, 81-82, we finished ninth. So um, a, a very average season, the one before we're going to look at now. Um, we, we'd kind of um, had a little bit of early season promise, but then that went nowhere. We finished in ninth position. Um, low crowds, um, little optimism at the den, I think, in all fairness, at the start of 1982-83. I don't think anyone was expecting anything at that point. Yeah, to a certain extent. But I think um, signing, I know I go on about a lot, but it wasn't big. <laughs> you know, 150000 is a lot for Millwall to be spending at that time. And, you know, you went into that, but I remember the first home game against Cardiff. Yep. 
and well, it was just it was just drained out of us within no time because as you look, we got we got beat four nil. We got stuffed four nil. Um, interesting, we'd had um, we'd won a group in a, a competition called the Football League Trophy, which was going to be a a precursor really to the uh, the windscreen shield in later life. And we're going to come back to that, listeners. So keep the Football League Trophy in your mind. But we'd actually done okay there, Graham. Really, we won we won the won the, won group. the group, didn't we? Yeah, beat Palace away three nil. That was. I used yeah. to like they used to do that. They used to have like the League Cup as, a, as an opening round fixture before the start of the season. Yeah. And I remember the um, we you in the around in the days of the Kent Cup as well, the, the friendly kind oh, of. Uh, no, I didn't really remember that, but but this was done as like a pre-season opening to a tournament. So you um, Brentford hey, Palace and Wimbledon. And then I think further, obviously further on, as you say, we'll come back to it. But it then came back in during the season, didn't it? Yeah, it started the season, and it kind of had various rounds. Um, as it as it went along, I, I'm sure it was regarded as a distraction, like the the the, um, the Johnston's paint and the yeah. or, you know the, the checker trade or what they call it now, and all of these things are regarded as distractions. But anyway, so we we, we so we'd started moderately well. We'd won the football league trophy opening season group, so that's that. And then, as you say, we we, we our, our first home game of the season was um, we'd lost at Northampton in the League Cup. I see we'd lost at Preston. On opening day, oh, that was an away game, so there's plenty of clues as to what's going to come in there, Graham. I think, and then four yeah. nil in front of. I mean, I've written up early season optimism um, against the crowd, five thousand three hundred. It's <laughs> an opening day <laughs> fixture. But around that time, that was quite a high gate for Millwall. Yeah, so. yeah, I, I, I think it's a it's a real insight into into football as well, because you look at the away yeah, some of the away games. There weren't many. A lot. A lot of clubs in low it's, gates around this time, weren't they? These are the the, the, the nature of the time. So we've had a, a loss against Cardiff, four nil, um, and then another loss, a win. Sorry, excuse me, a win over Bournemouth, but that's just in front of three thousand people. That'd be the uh, the midweek, like the Tuesday night fixture to follow that opening opening home fixture. So you know this 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 is these are these are tough times. Um, I think the club been struggling for some years in all honesty Graham I mean from the 70s late 70s onwards we'd um we'd show nothing really had we for some time before this season it was the old seat of uh, as the deal wasn't it that just never happened that was late 70s wasn't it I think but yeah yeah they were gonna gonna build a supermarket on the um well I don't know whereabouts it had been located with it at the Alderton Road and I imagine it might have been linked in with the dog track um, at that end of the ground, and we're going to lash up the den to become like a what was thought of at the time as a super stadium. It's all going to be tied in with Asda, um, yeah. who must have had links in with the Docklands because this is like the beginnings of the Docklands, um, you know, developments and the, the boom that would follow in the in later on in the 80s. But at this point, it was all pretty, um, you know, it, it was it was it was still in need of a revamp, and, and Asda thought they could uh, build a supermarket that never came to pass. Maybe that's a, a subject of a show another time because that's quite an interesting story in its own, own right. But um, no, I mean, you know, for, uh, one thing I've noted here is that for four seasons in the early 80s, we had un, uh, average crowds of 4,000. Um, this season to come, 4,010, as, as we've said. And some signings, Trevor Aylott being the lead name. Um, Bobby Shinton had arrived at the back end of the previous season and Willie Carr, um, well, I've forgotten that Willie Carr played for us. <laughs> you know, at the end of their career, for 
Oh, and, uh, mate. Laurie, I don't know why. After all these years, I, I always had a bit of a spite thing against Laurie Madden. I just didn't like him. And I don't know. No. Um, I, I don't think he liked us. And I don't think I, I remember I didn't like him much. Um, and one of the interesting things is, as we've said, there's little uh, video footage. But there is one Danny Baker report later on in the oh, season. So as, when he's coming off the field. He chins a bloke. He, he's <laughs> I had a win friends and influence people. I mean, you're not liked already. Maybe he knew he was on his way out there. I don't know. But um, I, I don't know how good a player he was. I, I just remember being depressed by these ex-Cholton um, cast-offs. So we had Phil Warman, I noticed as well, in in the squad. He played at Cholton in his time. And um, it was just, oh, just depressing, depressing times. So the season started badly um, and got worse, really, didn't it? When you look at the, the opening yeah. half... Only half of the campaign, um, Anderson's in charge, and we basically tumble down the uh, down the division ground. Relegation, relegation looms really, isn't it? As you look through these uh, poor results going through October, and and um, there's no wins from early October until I think um, Anderson was he sacked or did he resign? I couldn't I couldn't he remember. Was, um, he was basically sacked, wasn't he? The, the, he, he was, when he picked a team. I read this story that he picked the team on Friday and the chairman wasn't happy with three players and he said weren't fit, so he, he suspended him. Barry <laughs> Kitchener in charge for the game. I think it was against Wrexham, I think. We, we think of, of chaos being a modern thing in at Mill, but it's, um, it's always been so. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't remember whether he was sacked or showed it on. One thing I do remember about Peter Anderson was, was the kind of... Um, um, the, the poor performances, obviously, but um, I'm sure there was an incident. Maybe you 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 can remind me. But there was someone in the crowd was giving him some stick, and he he, he kind of jumped up on the um on the fence and was going to offer the bloke outside in the cold blow lane, go and take it outside and sort it out. You know, I couldn't tell you the game or <laughs> no. what happened, but yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I, I do recall that. <laughs> As you play a manager, he wants to yeah. take. <laughs> It was come on, we'll have it outside on on, on the cobbles, you know. Um, so <laughs> there we are. So just prior to him leaving, which I think was, um, I think he left after a Wrexham draw. Um, that might have been the game you just referred. It might be before. That might have been after. And there we are, nineteenth in front of the Wrexham game was played out in front of just two thousand nine hundred people at Coldblow Lane. I mean, one thing. I mean, I know we all. I don't know how you wax lyrical on Coldblow Lane as the kind of. Um, you know, this kind of cauldron of noise on its day. But I mean, when there was 2,900 in there, Graham, it wasn't all that atmospheric, was it? But there we are. Um, that was the end of Peter Anderson. Little loved um, and little thought of nowadays, other than as a, as a kind of a figure of fun. But I found it interesting that his figures weren't as bad as, as, as we thought. But that was a, a horrendous run of results that got him sacked. I mean, there's one, two, three, six, eight, about eight or nine games without a win. A couple of draws mixed in there and a lot of losses taking us into the the relegation zone of the third division. And briefly, Barry Kitchener takes over. Um, not that he could do much to arrest the um, the decline. There, there is one of the um, footage, well, the only other game I found is the, I don't know if you saw it, the match of the day footage. Um, Lincoln away, um, which features a, a portly looking Sam Allardyce in, in central defence. Um, I don't know. I, I, I've forgotten what a Patsy player he was. I, you know, like this this big Sam business and this Northern Hardman kind of. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I, I mean, you know, there's little footage to to in either direction, but you know, this is the kind of image he's cultivated himself. But yeah. I mean, he had this kind of very almost a ballerina style run, didn't he? I mean, there's there's, yeah. there's an in, in the Lincoln game, they, they were flying, they were top of the table, and um, they had a team that were pumped up because they wanted to um, get out of this division. And there's our central defender, uh, Sam Allardyce, so-called um, you know Bolton kind of um, big Sam. He, 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 he runs away from a tackle. He's caught out of position, knowing the time. How that man carved out a career, Graham, as a manager. After, he, after we got rid of him, he ended up playing in the, the, the top league with Coventry. I'd yeah. lo- I don't, how? I mean, based on, I on what? I don't know. Because he looked at, I mean, you know, it's a long time ago now and, you know, there are other players out there. But, you know, we're all at sea that day. We conceded three defensive error goals and basically... Um, you know, added to our woes. I, I think Kitchener was never really much of a, a shout as, as manager, really. But, you know, with, with performances like that. But it's just interesting. I, you know, Sam Allardyce. Every time you ever see a Sam Allardyce, England manager at one point, I, you know, the sight of him running away from tackles at Lincoln um, in, the, in, the, in the kind of uh, gloom of a December Saturday afternoon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You are listening to Achten Millwall. But there we are. Um, the season would get worse, Graham, wouldn't it? As, as you know, if it, it would get the darkest hours before the dawn, they say. It was a long, long, darkest hour before that dawn, I've got to say. It went on for the bulk of the rest of the season, despite the appointment of Jules Graham. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember his first, I'm looking at the first home game on uh, Boxing Day when we lost to Orient. Yeah, 1 0. You know, I was with my dad and we just said, you know, he's got no chance here. We were, we were down, you know? And it, yeah. it, it was so, it was just nothing there. No, and no. It, as you say, it went on until, well, he basically brought in about five players, didn't he? And, you, I mean, you could do that then. There was none of this deadline. Um, well, it was a deadline day, but it was later in the season, wasn't it? But, yeah, definitely organised back then. Um but I mean, within the rules of the time, George Graham was 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 working with nothing. I mean, I, I think it's it's fair to say the squad that um, 
that uh, Peter Anders had left behind him was more than justifiably in the bottom of the, uh, the you know the bottom four relegation spots as it as it um, still is to this day. Um, I mean, we actually hit rock bottom, Graham, didn't we? I mean, look at um, January twenty fourth. Um, you know, one wind lifts us up to twenty third, twenty fourth, rock bottom, and then um, really coming into March, the 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 crucial period. And I don't know if you've identified this. The crucial period comes in the the George Graham squad transformation because he it it takes um, drastic surgery to that that squad and brings in players that are going to stand and fight basically in March and in in comes um, well David Stride had been on loan already but it's in comes Steve Lovell, Peter Wells, Kevin Bremner, yeah. Dean White, Anton Chudakovsky, uh, Dave Cusack, Ian Stewart, Mickey Nutton. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd want them around me if I was in a fight down the old Kent Road, wouldn't you? I mean, they, they, that's a that's a group of players that we're, we're going to give give 100%. And I think that that's what Graham wasn't getting out of the out of the squad as it was going into that March period. Exactly. I mean, Anton Isolakowski for thirty thousand, it's got to be one of the yeah. best signs we've ever made because he was yeah for them two or three seasons afterwards he was different class when he at times on that left hand side. Yeah. Interesting, interesting player. He's never seemed to, you know, he kind of lurked around the lower, the lower, um, yeah. you know, le- leagues, didn't he? Um, don't know much about him beyond the fact that he played for us for that brief period and, and looked a quality, a quality player. And Very, penalties actually get penalties quite easily, but um, yeah, I mean them, them signings, as you say, were what what we needed, but it was still a big mountain to climb even then, wasn't it? Because you know, for two or three games afterwards, it didn't really improve. Um, well, it didn't improve until, until no, it's at the end of the month. Um, I think when again there was only two thousand people there was the, was the start of it to me. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean that's at the end of March. Um, yeah. March, March the twenty seventh. Um, as you say, two thousand seven hundred and seventy two people at March. We're bottom of the table, listeners. We've got um, well that win. That day over Wigan Athletic um, took us from 28 points to, to to 31. Still bottom of the table, so we're clearly adrift at the bottom of the table. Um, with just 12 games to go, and you know, I I was convinced we were down, uh, Graham. I, I couldn't see how anyone could turn that around at that point. You know, you, it was a miracle is what was achieved, but it, <laughs> they don't come along very often. Miracles, do they? You know, very very rare events. Not how far we were adrift, you know. But you, you think about it now. What would have happened to the club after if we had gone down? You know. Well, look, I generally think we would have gone out of business um, because we were we were suffering with um, you know we'd had events at Slough Town. This was another um, you know incident that happened. Got out of the FA Cup at Slough back in November. There'd been trouble there, and um, I think that was when Alan Thorne threatened to close the club down. Didn't he? The he was going <laughs> to. Yeah. In a in a fit of um you know a fit of peak afterwards, um, and yeah I mean you know it, it was it was tough um the, the, no one was going was going um the, the the team looked like they didn't give a give a, a toss and you know um <clears throat> it was it was it was bleak and there was no obvious way out of it but a way was found and gradually with that win over Wigan. The goals from Dean Neal and Ian Stewart that day, a 12th minute goal and an 80th minute goal. We started clawing results. I mean, you know, uh, South End at home, Chatterton, Achulikovsky and McCleary, um, goals there. Um, and so, so it continued. You know, so we've, we've gone from 
four straight defeats uh, to the end of March, early April to, to four straight wins, which is <laughs> which is incredible when you look at it. I mean, but then the team have been transformed. Just looking at the team that um, beat Lincoln City on April the 9th, um, Peter Wells, Steve Lovell, David Stride, Dean White, Mickey Nutton, Cusack, Bremner, Dean Neal, Ian Stewart, Artulikovsky, uh, Dave Martin and Laurie Madden. That's a completely different side. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was a totally different, and, and I, I don't know that 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 run. I think we played some great football and all with Stewart and Olakowski on the wings, Dean Neal and Bremner up front. Yeah, you know, to be in that position, I suppose maybe it was a case of well, we've got nothing to lose, just go for it. But it, it was some, you know, there was some great football played in that period. Um, <clears throat> I, I always. Think of him, and he, he never seems to get a mention. But Dean Neal, if you look at his record for the four seasons, his goal scoring records up there were the best. But, I mean, Dean Neal, yeah. In 82 83, I've wrote some things that 43 goals, 25, uh, 43 games, 25 goals. Yeah. The following season, 37 19. And even yeah. in the season when, well, the story goes that he fell out with Graham when we went up, he was 27 14 goals. I mean, that's, that's, no, it's, it's quite, you're right, and you're right. And, I, I you know, um, I, I, I pull myself up. It's not a name that leaps into your head. And yet, <clears throat> look at those numbers, 20, 127 starts in that, um, what's that, fourth, roughly four-year career at the dead, 127 starts, 25 a sub, uh, 63 goals. That's pre- pretty much one one goal in every two. Now, that's, that's a strike yeah. rate with the very best. You're right. And yet, you know, I suppose because it was in that, that kind of... Um, just, it was just a pre-video era. I mean, like I say, there's yeah. nothing on on YouTube to show this. Um, whereas you, you know, you mentioned you know maybe a name like Teddy Sheringham or, or we've had Cascarino and others. There's loads of video of that. Yeah, the, the the video is more more common. Whereas on on this season at least, it's um it's one match a day show and um and then Danny Baker at the end of the season who, who covered it. So maybe it's that. But you're right. I think Dean Neal does deserve more of a mention, more credit. He was playing in a struggling side and all to get there yeah. in that season. Absolutely, you know? he was. Absolutely, he was. Um, and you know, we, we've we've put together a run there that um, I called it a miracle. I think it was like Lazarus coming off of his deathbed practically because you know we've we've started to claw our way off of the certainly off the bottom. Um, series of wins against South End Orient, Lincoln at home. Um, we a draw at Bristol and, and Bradford. I, I must admit that must have seemed like we'd run out of steam a little bit. Um, so we're still 22nd going into the Football League Trophy final. We'd managed to scratch our way through to the final of this strange little precursor tournament, the Football League Trophy. Did you go to Lincoln? Brad? I didn't. No, no I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I, I couldn't have made it up there at the time. But. A couple of weeks previous, yeah, this this is on YouTube. We won the. London Evening Standard Five Aside, oh, and, and it, you know it was, it was a. It, but at that time, you had Teddy Teddy Sheridan play, McCleary, yeah, um, Massey, and yeah, we <laughs> that is on YouTube the footage, and that was just a you know a nice period. We won that, then we won that football league trophy. So you know it was building a bit well, of confidence. We, ne- we we'd never won it. I mean, we won the youth cup. No. But we, you know, Mill, Mill winning things. I mean, one of the things that makes me laugh in a kind of a sarcastic way, I suppose, on that Danny Baker um, clip, you might have seen it, is they, they show the so called Mill trophy cabinet with like one cup in there and everyone laughs in the studio. But yeah, unfortunately, we, were, we weren't known as a team that, that um, 
brought home silverware very often. So yeah. I, I hadn't, I'd forgotten about the football league five, the evening standard five, five sides. Yeah, that was that famous Roger Winter uh, moment, wasn't it, where he, he scored loads of goals. And then... So there we are. We go to Lincoln, uh, St. Seal Bank, um, in the Football League Trophy final. We're, we're still second from bottom of the third division and still not, um, we're nowhere near safety at this point. But we managed to get a, I thought it was, it was a spirit lifter, wasn't it? It, it, it yeah. raised everyone's um, sights a little bit, you know, yeah. that we could, could yeah. win something, you know. Um, and, and then also, he, he played a. I know it sounds crazy, but he played a team that was like a, a, a second string team. If you look at the side that night, like Allardyce played, I'm sure, and people like that. He, he didn't play his first team that you know, that, no. Um, so, well, but, but by this stage, Peter Wells had become first choice goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, Gleesia was, I think, he it um, let him go. I, I think he'd. You know, was it or was to go at some point soon? Paul Sansom played that night at Lincoln. Um, a very young Keith Stevens, um, David Stride, Laurie Madden, Sam Allardyce, as, as you say, Graham, um, Paul Roberts, Sandy Massey, Dean Neal, Dave Martin, and Paul Robinson, wasn't it? And and um, Alan McCleary, another a young Macca with Sheringham, Nicky Coleman, uh, Roger Winter. Um, Neil and Ashby, J. J Neil, uh, John Neil, was his brother, wasn't it? John Neil, John Neil, John yeah. Neil on the bench. Um, so that was a bit of light relief, really, in what was um, still a, a fairly critical situation. We're now that was on the 20th of April. Um, we've still got some crucial home games to go. The big win against Doncaster Rovers, there, I see, with the, yeah. what you might now call the first choice 11 ground, 3 0 win yeah. over Doncaster. Which um, I think started to offer the <clears throat> a sense of sense of hope. That's two goals for Dean Neil and a, a goal for Kevin Kevin Brenner. But we're still not exactly making it easy for ourselves, mate. Oh, we look Oxford get beat at Oxford, and then a draw, at the top, draw at Reading. We're at the top, and it was like uh, you know we weren't <clears throat> expecting anything. But that was the, no. that Oxford game was the only defeat in from from the Wigan game that we mentioned in March. That was the only game they lost to yes, the it end was. of the season. Yes, it was. It was. Um, I wrote the the numbers down. They played twelve from that Wigan game. We played to have won eight, drew three, and lost the one. That was that one there at, at Oxford, as as you say, um, which set us up for um, a finale of the season. Um, a, a draw at Reading, which will be at the old Elm Park ground. Um, then we beat yeah. Newport Newport at home three noughts. Then the um, the Brentford game, which is the video that's on YouTube, which is like a piece for the six o'clock show, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, so, the Red game was, we had two players sent off. I don't know if you remember that game. And we were 2-0 two, two down. Yeah, Dean Neal sent off. <laughs> Dean Stewart was sent off and all early. But it, it, it was, you know, the fighting spirit in that game was amazing, you know. Um, I think fighting spirit was, that was what... Um, it was a strange combination. It was a fighting spirit allied with a willingness to play a bit of football and get yeah. the ball down the sides and into the middle in a way that we hadn't done all season. Certainly the fighting spirit was missing for the, for the bulk of the campaign, but uh, at, the, at the crucial moment, it was found, Graham, wasn't it? I mean... Got, Just drop back one to Newport. I remember that yeah. game. It, it, and 3 nil. He actually yeah. batted, couldn't score. If you look at the goals, they was all in the last 10 minutes. We scored three goals in the last 10 minutes. 
Let's have a look. 3-0 against Brentford. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's 0-0 going into the 82nd minute when yeah. um, Dean Neal gets it. You're right. Dean Neal. Dean White from an 88th minute penalty and then Kevin Bremner to to put the um, the, the cherry on the cake. And, the, and So that was three goals in the last 10 minutes. That was in front of 5,500. We're still 22nd in the table. I, I've, I've come out of that game thinking, yeah, we can do this now. I, I, you yeah. Know, we played so well in that game. And then I remember the, the Brentford game because of the size of the crowd. <laughs> it, was just a, it was a big crowd for the den at the time. You know. It was a huge 9,097. 9, um, it was a big crowd for the time. Um, and it's, I, I don't know if you watched the video, it captures it quite nicely in a way. Yeah. It is like looking back in the old place. It looks looks like it hasn't gone away. And, um, you know, it, it was a it was a fiery event. I mean, you know, uh, I think Terry Hurlock was playing for, for Brentford that day. So yeah, sure. there was plenty of, um, plenty of on-field um, <laughs> fire and, and, and brimstone out there. Um, and it, it gets the, the move to that gets the goal because it's a nice little. Uh, I think it's Stewart puts the ball in from the left down at the Ilderton Road and Bremner heads home from close in the 39th minute. And you can tell by the the kind of ecstasy around the den that this this you know the, how much this meant this goal because obviously it was yeah. offering a lifeline. One that's it set up the finale of the season really, didn't it? Um, that away game at Chesterfield, which was a um. A, a, a kind of a, a winner. T- Chesterfield were down, but it was it, the winner of the game. Well, Chesterfield wouldn't have helped them, but certainly if we won, then we stayed up. And um, I think Reading um, were the other team that were in the most danger. I found a, I found an article here. This is it. This is the Reading, um, uh, the, the Reading uh, Evening Post. So they they're just giving the various uh, permutations as to what could happen on the last day. Um, a defeat for Millwall at Chesterfield would mean us going down and the Royals, Reading, staying in Division Three. So it was, you know, it was all in, wasn't it? It was, it was everything was on the line at this game at Chesterfield. Yeah, and uh, Dean Neal and Ian Stewart were suspended for that game. They they couldn't play because of that. The Reading um, sending. That's right. Obviously, his suspensions and then it wasn't straight away by the sounds. You must have had to wait for the suspension because. You, play, you know, they played in the next game, but then they were banned for that game. That's right. That's right. So what, what we needed in this crucial fixture where everything's on the line is um, for Dean White to get sent off. Yeah. <laughs> in the first minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Um, I mean, at, the point, at that point, it was nil-nil still going towards half yeah. the time, 41st minute. I did read he was sent off for fighting. I've got no further detail on on, on that. I, I didn't go to the game, so I'm not going by reports. I, what I've read I ever, ever game, since. But, you know, it's a bit hazy, but he always had a bit of a fiery streak in him anyway, that uh, Dean White. Yeah, you know. yeah, I mean, I think the whole team had a bit of a fiery streak in it, yeah. and um, any, any of them could have kicked off at any time. But um, So White was sent off. Um the team that day, let's read the team out. Um, this was the final day's team at Chesterfield. Uh, Peter Wells, Steve Lovell, David Stride, Dean White, red card in the 41st minute, Mickey Nutton, uh, Cusack, Kevin Bremner, Paul Robinson, Andy Massey, Tulakovsky and uh, Laurie Madden. And McCleary came in for Massey in the 78th minute. And, it, you know, it was a nail bite. I was following it on the radio. I remember listening to... Because you got very scant reports back then, did you? I mean, you get like yeah. one... You get like one just, mention in the first half, 
the man in the second half, you know. Um, yeah. Maybe if there was a goal, but that was it. You had to kind of just pray to whatever DNC you happen to believe in, you know, if any. And um, keep your fingers crossed. And so it worked out for the best, a 1-0, a 1-0 win. A miraculous escape, I'd say, Graham, actually. Yeah, to escape. It, was. it was. And, you know, it, it, it was what it's been known as the great escape, hasn't it? You know, if, you, if people talk about it, but it was miraculous. You know. I think so. I think so. Um, when you think what was on on the table, I mean, you know, I know with relegation to Division Four, I mean, in this the Danny Baker thing, they're talking to members of the crowd and they say, "Yeah, oh, well, we've we've been in Division Four before," and that's true, we have um, back in the early sixties. But um, you know, when you look at the crowds who were drawing in Division Three, they wouldn't have improved in Division Four, would they? I mean, two thousands and you know, three thousands would have been the norm now, and I don't know that we would have survived that for very long. I, I could be wrong. It might have been, you know, it might have been different. But um, I, I just think that would have been the end of us. So um, massive, massive. Um, and in a way, I don't know how you feel, Graham, it's a bit of a springboard for Graham's greater, you know, greater achievements later on with me all because that gave, I think everyone started taking him seriously suddenly. He was, you know, he was doing his best, but, you know, there's nothing like a series of wins and some success, success to give you a springboard, is there? Well, it certainly gave us... Uh, more optimism going into the following season. I'm not saying we were going to go, you know, straight up, but no, um, we, you know, there was optimism going into the season. I felt, you know, more than been for the last couple of seasons, and um, I think because you know because of the way we'd stayed up and the football we we'd played during that run, you know. I mean, the following season was a was a was a building season really. At 1984, yeah. we finished ninth, which was a Hell of a lot more, um, you know, comfortable than where where we were the previous term. Um, and then in the following year, you've got roughly the same kind of side with one or two. Sheringham starts to play an increasing role off the bench, certainly. And, you know, Lowndes comes in, I see, and names like that. But then the season that I think you wanted to mention, and which I haven't done much. Um, no, that's fine, Nick. Much research on is the, the glory season. But I'm going to mention it because I know that you've you've looked at it, and that's that's 1984-85, which was um, George Graham's finest hour, really. I think Graham, don't you agree? Because yeah, as well as promotion, obviously, yeah, uh, we had a great cup run as well that season. Uh, we had a great uh, cup run. It gets overlooked by certain because of what happened at Luton, but there was some good. You know, we beat Palace, we beat uh, Chelsea, Leicester. So you know. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you've got um, the arrival of John Fashionu uh, during the course of the season. Um, you know, by the end of that of that um, campaign, we would finish in 1984-85. We'd finish second behind Bradford um, with an FA Cup run to the quarterfinals, um, which um, would end in a in a little bit of. Um, Naughtiness, but I mean, had some good wins along the way. We beat um, Chelsea three-two at uh, Stamford Bridge. We'd beaten Leicester City at home, which included Gary Lineker. On a, that was a midweek game, I remember at the Den. Yeah. And and then Luton, obviously, which um, it was what it was, you know. Um, but that was that was a <clears throat> he built a Millwall side, George Graham. And not only did he save us, he built a, a, what I call a proper Millwall side, Graham. He did. He did. He, he, he you know, he, he set about it the right way, and he, 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 um, he got there in the end. And I think with proper backing, he may have got us to the Division One. 
the follow, you know, the first season when we went back up, we obviously were hit by that. Um, but you had to buy your ticket. No, you had, had to buy. It was all ticket games, wasn't it? I remember. I, yeah. that, that I couldn't get there much because there's a bit of a. You had to fart about going and get your tickets beforehand. I, yeah. I didn't have the money for a season ticket, so for the, there was one season I barely went um, because it was just. Um, and it was that mid-80s season where we had yeah. red crowds again down by four thousands or so, for that reason. Um, yeah. We had to sell Fashion Who to Wimbledon. That's to right. Just the books, and I yeah. think well, he went, didn't he, George? He left at the end of that well, season. Yeah. Went Arsenal were calling, and yeah. I, I think you're right. I think if the, the thing that strikes me with George Graham is that had he remained at the den, you know, a lot of ifs in in that, and you know, you can't turn the clock back, but. I think if he had remained, it would have been his expectation that we would have succeeded and that we would have got ourselves into the top flight. That that was the measure yeah. of the man as a as a, both as a player, I feel, but also yeah. very very much as a manager. He expected success was his expectation, which yeah. is a often a thing that's, that's um they all talk about it, Graham, don't they? But not many not many have that quality. You know, it's it was almost a sharing esque thing that you know it's. Yeah. You're you're going to win. You're going to score. You're going to get to the top. You know what I mean? It's a it's a rare quality in in life and in the game particularly. But George Graham had that. He certainly did. Yeah. He was a, he was a very successful manager, and but you could see the the seeds of, of of that in this season. Actually, it's one we've just looked at. This escape from relegation, 1982-83, which I've I've asked myself a question. I was gonna, I'm going to ask you this question. Was that arguably the greatest managerial achievement in our history to save us from relegation that season? Um, I can, you know, I can, I can see how the successes of the Johnny Doherty's and, um, um, uh, you know, the, the Mark McGee's later on were, were, yeah. were successes. But look, look what he achieved with nothing. I mean, that team was was, was assembled with um, a bit of fluff in the bank account and an old bald sweet, nothing in there at all. You know. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to mark for me, and I'm, I, you're free to disagree with me, um, but I'm going to mark that down as our greatest managerial achievement in our history. Well, I wouldn't argue with you, Nick. Really, I mean, as you say, there's been, you know, John Dock getting us up to the Division One, um, McGee's, you know, when we playoff season when we nearly got up again. But for what he achieved and the position we were in, it, it's. No. It's a one, wonderful, yeah. Have to, yeah. Wonderful choice of season, Graham. Um, Jules Graham left us in um, eight, 1986 to go on to, uh, nine, uh, to Arsenal, had been in for four years, um, having taken us from the, as I put it here, the, the brink of the abyss to the second division. Um, I think certainly that that's that qualifies him to go down in the in the the pantheon of Mill greats, and um, I still think that's our greatest managerial achievement in history. So, listeners, tell me what you think if that statement goes for you too. Was that 1982-83 relegation escape the greatest ever achievement in Mill history? Do do let me know, and I'll be interested to hear your answers. Graham, that's been wonderful, mate. I really appreciate you taking really time out of your day to 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 do this. Um, if anyone else listening fancies having a go at the nostalgia season, do get in touch. Um, we, we do it as a phone call, a Skype call, Zoom, if you're on the Zoom, or I can't even do traditional phone calls. So do get in touch. It's, it's great to um, to hear from people. I want to hear what your favourite seasons were. Big thank you to, to Graham for choosing this season. It's been much appreciated, mate. And um, I wish you all the best. And we'll say Arriva Dirty Millwall. Thank you, George Graham, too. Arriva Dirty Millwall. Bye for now.
Achtung Millwall and the Real Millwall Fan Show are the number one Millwall podcast and we want to hear from you. So get in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts, your views, your rants about all things Millwall. We've got email, achtungmillwall at gmail.com. All one word, achtungmillwall at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us and leave us a voicemail on 0208 144 0232. That's 0208 144 0232. Leave us a voicemail. No human will be involved in the receipt of your message. So give us a shout. Tell us what you think about all things Millwall. And the best messages will be read out on air. Achtung, Mehlball. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.